0: And we start the week on culture file thumbing the shelves that sigh under the burden of a lifetime's collection of nature writing. And this time Paddy Woodworth, for those are his thumbs, hovers over the volumes of Edward Abbey before taking the 1968 memoir Desert Solitaire down from the naturalist bookshelf. Language, Edward Abbey writes in his 1968 memoir Desert Solitaire. Language makes a mighty loose net with which to go fishing for simple facts, when facts are infinite. If a man knew enough, Abbey continues, he could write a whole book about the juniper tree. Not juniper trees in general mind, but that one particular juniper tree which grows from a ledge of naked sandstone near the old entrance to Archer's National Monument. This is where Abbey camped out for two years as a park ranger as is the subject of this book. Abbey does pay a lot of attention to this juniper, but he also casts his net of words around with the incontinence of a barroom orator. And indeed, there is quite a lot of hard drinking in his stories, and I suspect some of them were not written in an entirely sober frame of mind. As he warns the reader early on, much of the book will seem coarse, rude, bad-tempered, Valently prejudiced. Abbey is therefore a very awkward, but nevertheless key figure in American nature writing. He helped popularise ideas about wilderness that have been highly influential on the more radical wing of the environmental movement in the US and echoes in the rhetoric of rewilding today. And it appears that Abbey, self-identified as an anarchist, believed that deeds might be more important than his words in confronting the monstrous power of the industrial consumer complex and its destruction of the last wild places in the West. His 1975 novel, The Monkey Wrench Gang, is set in the same hauntingly beautiful arid lands of the American Southwest as Desert Solitaire, and it follows four engagingly crazy eco-saboteurs as they banjax bulldozers and dynamite bridges. Abbey dined and drank out for years on the legend that this plot may be partly autobiographical. It certainly deserves to be filmed as a 20th century Western, complete with its climactic one-man-against-the-world shootout. And in fact, one of Abbey's earlier novels did make the big screen, starring Kirk Douglas in Lonely Are the Brave, But whether the monkey-wrench gang deserves to be a model for environmental activism is quite another question. Abbey's anarchism owed very little to the libertarian communist philosophy and a great deal to the rugged individual that drives the very capitalism he decries. And his writing is tainted with disturbingly offhand racist and sexist asides, though he often critiques them later. So one minute, he talks as wisely as Thoreau. The next, his adolescent, braggart tone can recall Donald Trump in worst locker room mode. So, why read him today? I think because very few people write about solitude in magical desert places like Vermilion Cliffs, Valley of Fire, Zion, the Arches, and the Grand and Glen Canyons as perceptively as he does. At the heart of Desert Solitaire, though at times almost buried under overlong shaggy dog stories and angry rants, is a profound experience, gained often at great physical and perhaps spiritual risk. Abbey leads us towards what he feels is, literally and metaphorically, the bedrock of our existence. He celebrates the plants and animals of the desert but his greatest hymns are to its exquisitely intricate and harsh geology. An Irish novelist once told me that he had found the view from the rim of the Grand Canyon a disappointment. He argued that such scenery is more vivid in art than in life. I'm afraid Abbey would have rudely kicked him over the edge and told him to hike right down in the canyon for a week or a month for a year, before he expressed an opinion about the place. So here is Abbey on solitude. Alone in the silence, I understand for a moment the dread which many feel in the presence of primeval desert, the unconscious fear which compels them to tame, alter or destroy what they cannot understand, to reduce the wild and pre-human to human dimensions. And he continues, The air is clean. The rock cuts cruelly into flesh. Shatter the rock, and the odour of flint rises to your nostrils. Bitter and sharp. Whirlwinds dance across the salt flats. A pillar of dust by day, the thorn bush breaks into flame at night. What does it mean? It means nothing. It is as it is, and it has no need for meaning. The desert lies beneath and soars beyond any possible human qualification, therefore sublime. I'm not really sure I would have liked to have gone drinking with Abby, and a hike with him would probably have quickly made me collapse in exhaustion, or terror, or both. And reading him... Often offends me, but the delight of the best passages far outweighs that offence. Paddy Woodworth there on our latest edition to The Naturalist Bookshelf, Desert Solitaire by Edward Abbey.